All righty. We are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the sometimes most entertaining podcast on the interwebs. Uh, we're going to talk about fuel. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed or not in the last couple of weeks that fuel's kind of gone up a little bit, and um, people are losing their dadgum minds. Um, so Larry's especially fired up about this because – the market responded to this, what, 15 years ago? Um, we have a fuel surcharge for a reason, but, of course, nobody understands how it really works. Um, so what, are the re what do you think the real numbers are? Like, you've been tracking our, our weekly um, fuel usage by truck, and putting out some really interesting numbers because we're seeing as much as what 21 to 23 cents per mile difference from one truck down to the 10th truck, you know, um, 20. Yeah. I mean, 20 <clears throat> cents. That's, it's, it's huge, you know, pretty much driving the same trucks, pretty much hauling the same freight. One guy's fuel cost is 46. Another trucks is 64, 65. Um, <clears throat> And the only difference is the driver, you know? Well, and, so, and, and on top of that, we, you know, we do switch trucks around from time to time. And we've got a situation right now where we have two trucks that have a, a historical average that is about a mile per gallon higher than what the current driver is getting. So, you know, we preach all the time that, you know, we spec trucks and we modify trucks and we, do everything we can to, for that truck to be able to produce um, seven miles per gallon plus seven plus. Um, you know, if, 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 a, if a truck's not capable of doing that, we typically don't, don't buy it to begin with because that's why we're very concerned about the rear end ratio and, and all that kind of stuff, tire size and all that. So we, we do everything we can to the truck by buying the truck with the correct specs. And then doing some modifications and things like that. Um, our tires, you know, tires are a big thing. You know, tires are probably the biggest single thing that we do to improve fuel mileage. Um, and so we, we have trucks that, um, you know, we have like, we have one that's in the fleet that, that, that is our, one of our highest, uh, miles per gallon trucks. Um, most people who drive it get high sevens and eights. And we've got a guy that's in it right now that's, six and a half um we've got another truck that you know it's little, just under seven six nine i think it is for as long as we've had the truck and we got a guy now it's five nine seven so it's uh not the truck it's the driver and we teach this all the time that you know 35 percent of fuel mileage on a truck is controlled by the driver we we put a scan gauge in every truck so that drivers can see what the effect that they're doing with their, with their driving habits that they have when they get here, <clears throat> what that effect is having on the fuel mileage. Um, you know, does it mean that they're using it? Does it mean that they're, you know, let, letting it, uh, change their habits? But, uh, you know, we, we track it every week and we, uh, aren't afraid to shame people. We, we publish it every week, top to bottom. It's funny how the top four or five never change and the bottom four or five never do either. So occasionally we'll have somebody that, um, 
you know, that now we had an example just in the past few weeks, you know, uh, our, our guy, Richie, you know, um, my stepson, um, <laughs> he, uh, he had some turbo problems and he would just fueled it and his truck had really hadn't gotten great fuel mileage, um, in a while. And, uh, he spent the, um, he spent a lot of time and some money, uh, working on it. And now he's in the, he's in the top three, you know, he's seven, three this week, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, as long as you don't let him do the math. <laughs> yeah. We were at orientation last weekend and I was preaching fuel mileage to our new hirees and, and he he's fired up about he's, it too. He's back on the back whiteboard figuring his own fuel mileage and, <clears throat> he, and, and you could see him as all the color came out of his face and you know because I mean, we're we're pretty much lighting him on fire about you know because all this fuel mileage talk it's got everybody concerned about fuel numbers and i'm trying to show the difference between what a truck that gets in the fives and sixes and seven it's it's substantial it's substantial at prices at 350 a gallon it's phenomenal at 450 a gallon you know so uh, we're uh, explaining all this, and Richie's back there figuring his own fuel mileage. He came up with, I think he came up with like five and a half or something, five, three, yeah. or something crazy. And he was worried to death about it. So I, you know, I didn't really pay that much attention to him. I, I said, look, it, it's, if, if, there's, if that's what it is, we got a mechanical problem. It's not you, I'm sure. We'll find it. We'll fix it. So I come home, and I do the fuel mileage for the week. <laughs> it's seven something. <laughs> And it's worse that Seth was helping him. Like both of them back there on that whiteboard. And they're Between all the two out. of them. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, that's why you should hire a good accountant, okay? Don't let your buddy do your accounting work, all right? But So, uh, well, and, and Robin's asking the question, what changes did he make to move up his MPG? Well, we changed the turbo and the EGR valve, and then Dr. Bonecutter got in there and found, without getting too far in the weeds, that, the, there are these little rubber lines. They're like quarter-inch, three-eighths lines that come up from the uh, EGR valve, and they go into what's called the delta pressure sensor. And uh, Carl found that he was losing boost there into that delta pressure sensor. And, of course, if that's off, that's going to throw everything else off. So not only did he put it, which it needed a turbo, the turbo was wore out, and then Carl got in there and started rooting around and doing what he does. Hey, what you going to do about this? You know, and found that we needed to replace the EGR valve. So I think the turbo was a thousand. The EGR valve is probably 800 um, plus, you know, other little nitpicky things. But again, that's why Carl, you know, finds those detail things. Um, and also um, <clears throat> uh, cleaning up the wiring, uh, put a, 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 a v-pod well we put a v-pod on it we put a turbo on it we put uh egr valve on it we put the output temperature sensor and um richie says you know he also started using the catalyst so um but the big thing i think was the turbo and, and just the egr stuff the delta pressure sensor well uh, and and you know listen if, if you got a an 07 or older truck and that uh, charge air cooler has never been changed. I, I promise you, you're losing boost pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, if, if the first thing you want to do is make sure that you don't have a leak in your intake system. And the only way, the best way to do that is to do a smoke test. Okay. And then also do a pressure test on your charge air cooler. That usually will show you where the problem is. Um, now in this case, um, 
um, you know, we, 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 he had some turbo problems on top of that, but if we, uh, but if you eliminate all the, and you know, they can listen, we found tiny little cracks in the rubber boots that go from the charge air cooler over to the intake, you know, and, and just, or, or clamps, clamps are, are loose. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to fix that. You got to do that first. And, and these charge air coolers, if you're not using a Duralite, uh, the other ones are pretty much junk and, and you can get a brand new one out of the box. It could leak, you know? The Duralite has a 1 million mile guarantee, and that's the, that's what you ought to be using. Uh, the, the way they manufacture is just different. I don't, I can't get into all the weeds, but the, the, their, um, all the little ribs or whatever you call it, the little, th- they're, 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 they've got rubber, um, insulators around them because the vibration is what ruins a charge air cooler and the rest of them are, are copper. They're, 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 they're welded or what, what do you do with copper? It's not, it's not welding. It's uh, soldering. They're soldered together. And of course that truck running on the road doing this, it just, it just breaks them off, you know? So, um, but that's, that's usually the number one thing. The other thing is just making sure your truck is spec properly. You know, you're not going to get, if you listen, if you're running, you know, 373, 393 gears and 10 speed, you're not going to get fuel mileage. There's nothing you can do to fix it. Okay. If you got shitty tires, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Okay. So, you know, we go through a whole list of things, probably, I don't know, 20, 30 things, Chris, that we go through mm-hmm. that, um, you know, some of them are big swings, some of them are not, you know, just the fleet air filter and the, and the Pittsburgh power muffler is usually three or four tenths, just, just right there. So it's just a whole series of things that, that we do to make sure that the truck is capable of getting seven plus miles per gallon. And uh, then it's up to the driver. Then we have to uh, crack heads a little bit and uh, make them understand. We are getting ready to come out with a modification to our our pay structure that I think will help in getting that smack in our heads, you know, a little more effective. Uh, because obviously when it, uh, when it affects your wallet, you tend to pay attention a whole lot more. So... Um, you know, um, as William said, you know, the, the scan gauge is really, if you look at the scan gauge, it will tell you whether or not, you know, what you're doing is hurting your fuel mileage. And that's, listen, when the scan gauge came out, I, everybody I know that got one, and th- there's a lot of people that are really, really good fuel mileage drivers. Everybody pretty much improved their fuel mileage about a half a mile per gallon just because they could reteach themselves how to get out of these things that are that are wasting fuel that you don't realize you're doing, you know, uh, running up RPMs or shifting between gears. I mean, uh, downshifting all the gears, things like that. You know, we, we, uh, and of course, if you idle the truck, I mean, you know, it's a gallon an hour. So if you're a candy ass and you have to have the truck truck run all the time, make your choice. You know, it's a gallon an hour or you get another blanket, you know, or, or put, you know, put window uh, screens in your truck and a couple of fans, you know, you just got to make these decisions. I'm but, looking at this invoice where we, this last truck that we just put on the road and we went through and put all new charge air hoses on it. And there's a lot, there's two lines here. I don't know which one's which, but regardless, uh, which one it is, it's either $13 or $18, but those blue hoses on the passenger side that connect the turbo to the charge air cooler, they're either depending on which one it is. It's either $13 a piece or $18 a piece. And the one coming out of the charger into the intake is $130. But Why you're not changing those and putting new one there when you get a truck and you don't know how old they are yeah. for 160 bucks, you know, and, little stuff like that. And the clamps. 
Mm-hmm. And, and look, you know, here, here's the thing though. We do, people are starting to go to go, well, what can I do now to improve my fuel mileage? Because, you know, obviously they're having the crap scared out of them at the, at the pump. We do this. We, we've done this forever. I mean, you've been here since 2018. Have we ever not talked about this, Chris? Ever. I mean, everything we do is about fuel mileage. I mean, look, when you have a fleet of drivers and you pay them in excess of $100,000 a year as a company driver, the only, you all know the, the, the numbers at Landstar, okay? The, the way that I make money as a truck owner is I have to make it on fuel mileage, all right? If we have crappy fuel mileage, our program is not profitable for the kid, okay? Doesn't affect the driver, doesn't affect Landstar, but that third win, me, um, it's a little tight. So we, we preach this so that we can pay our drivers, you know, top dollar, you know, so, um, it, 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 but we have to make them understand. And of course they're here to learn how to do this for themselves. You know, I, I make them do it for me while they're here, but at the end of the end of the day, they're learning how to save this money for themselves. Listen, there's a huge difference between five, five and a half, six miles a gallon and seven, seven, half and eight. There's a huge difference at, 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 at last year's numbers, it's in excess of $20,000, you know, mm-hmm. at these numbers, I, I, you got, you probably you at least got to go one and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's just whether or not, you know, you, you $30,000 means something to your pocket or you don't care, you know, now, you know, a lot of times in the past people will go, well, I won't really care about fuel costs. I'll just drive more. Well, great. That's not working right now. So, um, because there's a cost to driving more and, uh, people just do not understand that you can't outwork stupid, you know? And, um, and, and the time to, you know, everybody wants to jump on board now that fuels $5 a gallon, but all the, all in the past, look how much money they've wasted by not jumping on it back then, you know? And, and now they're panicking, str- you know, what am I, what can I do? What am I going to do about this? I'm just going to go home and park and let this thing, you know, settle down. Well, that's, I guess that's one solution. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I made an example today. I, I listed all of our trucks, you know, we, we, we track fuel mileage every week for every truck and we, we track the fuel costs per mile. Okay. And so our, our fleet to this week today, uh, for last week ranged from, I, I'm doing it from memory, Chris, 59, uh, 59 to 79 cents. Mm-hmm. So cost per fuel cost per mile for our fleet last week was from 59 to 79 cents per mile well the fuel surcharge was 62 cents last week so we had one truck that made a profit off fuel we had two trucks that broke even off fuel three maybe mm-hmm. and the rest of them you know their fuel cost that the the mo the mo the worst was what i'm gonna say 17 cents yep 17 so the the worst truck we had its fuel cost last week was 17 cents a mile after the truck uh, after the uh, fuel surcharge so it's not, um, you know, it, it, look, you, it's not like you can't make money doing this now. And all, another thing too, it's not just fuel mileage. Okay. It's your fuel purchasing decisions. And I'm appalled at when I read on here, how people decide how they buy fuel. There was one on here today talking about how he's only going to buy fuel at pilot flying J because it's 10, it's 10 points per gallon or whatever the hell it is. And, uh, I didn't jump. 
somebody else jumped on him and said, yeah, but you're paying $30 more for fuel and you're getting $10 worth of points, you know? Um, but I mean, look, if, if you don't understand enough about IFTA and you don't understand about, you know, the Landstar discount to, to be able to choose where to buy your fuel. And most people don't even look at it till they need it. They've passed up 14 places today that have fuel on sale and they wait till they buy it when they're somewhere where they need it. And then, and then all they have is a choice of what they got right there, you know? Well, it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so easy to understand. You know, when fuel goes up, the discount shrinks, especially when it shoots up as fast and as high as it did. So when you look in the Landstar 1 app and it shows the Landstar discount, and in some cases it was a nickel, you know, because the fuel went up so fast that the the on that side of it, you don't get big discounts. But, buddy, on the other side, you know, two or three days later, when it dropped, now we're seeing a you know the disc the land just the Landstar discount be a dollar twenty five a mile. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see anybody doing the happy dance over that. They were too busy being <laughs> pissed off, right? You know, and and it's and it's it's not that hard to understand. I mean, look, I don't pretend to understand future, futures markets, and I'm not really, <coughs> excuse me, necessarily a fan, <coughs> but it is what it is. And when, when stuff like this happens, you've got world events going on, those futures markets will go crazy and they will drive the price up really fast, really hard. And then they'll start easing off. Um, you know, so, but that's what I was, you know, uh, we, we went from, you know, 375 to about 475 and then cooled back down to probably what, four and a quarter right now ish. You know, real, real with the tax and everything. So, um, yes, it was a spike and yes, it was a jump, but I, I had a guy, one of my mentoring clients this morning, we were driving up the road and, and he's like, well, man, you, 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 what do you think about these rates? I'm like, bro, April, 2020, we were looking for 6,500 a week. We're doing 12,000 now easily. Like, you know, and I don't. I think whenever it crashes, um, we'll probably drop down to eight. But I don't. I don't think we'll have any problem maintaining eight thousand a week. If you can't make money at eight thousand dollars a week, Jesus help! What? Stop! Just go home. Good God! But I guess there's some that probably can't make money on eight thousand a week. <clears throat> well, I'm going to piss a lot of people off because I'm going to, I'm going to dispel a myth. Oh, here he goes. <clears throat> because see, it, most people at, at Landstar are, well, probably 95% of the people at Landstar are, are hauling spot market freight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you want to, we'll go through the history of fuel surcharge, but there is no fuel surcharge in the spot market. You know, now if you get your own authority and you go, you call a broker and you negotiate for a load, there's no, they'll, they'll they just laugh at fuel surcharge. <clears throat> you're, you're negotiating for one transaction. Here's the price you wanted or not. Okay. That's not what fuel surcharge is. Fuel surcharge is for contract freight so that they don't have to renegotiate the contract every time fuel goes up, which will be every day now. Right. Okay. So the contract has written into it a scale that allows for the, the rate to be supplemented with a fuel surcharge if the price of fuel exceeds a certain parameter, okay? Well, guess what? You know, we don't have contract freight. Most BCOs do not haul contract freight here at Landstar. 
So why is there even a fuel surcharge? If you think about it, because you know now listen, BCOs are going to lose their ever friggin' mind. Okay, get a helmet. You know, um, that fuel surcharge. That that we we I I'm entitled to that. We we should get. You know, here's the thing. Landstar was smart enough when they put this program together to realize that just like right now, there's going to be times when it's going to be harder to do business than other times. You know, there's no, there is no fuel. Sur- if when you, when you, if you notice when, when a load's on the board, a lot of times the fuel's not even broken out. That's because most of the, of, of the freight's hauled by outside carriers. You know, there's a low, a lot more outside carriers than our BCOs and most agents would rather work with them. Okay. So the, 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 the all-in price is the all-in price. Now, Landstar forces them to break out the fuel surcharge as a benefit to BCOs, not as an entitlement. There is no fuel surcharge on, on contract freight. That's why the, the, the fuel surcharge isn't added to the line haul. It's deducted from the line haul. So however that much that is, Landstar is giving you 100% of that as opposed to 65% of that as a benefit. Nothing more than that. Now, I know I just blew half your all's minds, but that's the bottom line. Okay. There is no fuel surcharge in, in spot market. You know, um, Landstar calls it that because they use that EEOC or whatever the hell that thing is, that, that scale every Tuesday, as the automatic adjustment device to break out the line haul to give you a high up 100% of it to make up for the price that, that fuel goes up. That's all there is to it. Now, with that being said, you know, it, it, it really doesn't change what you're hauling the freight for. It just changes how much you're getting for 100% versus 65%, which you wouldn't have gotten before. Now, that difference is designed to make up your additional cost of fuel in times like this. This is why we don't care what the fuel cost is. I hope it keeps going up. I hope it gets to $10 or $15 a gallon. Because a lot of you guys are going to have to go home and that just leaves more freight for us. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's how this works. All right. And I apologize, but in this business, it's eat what you kill, kill or be killed, you know? And, uh, there's only so, listen, um, the good thing about this, I, I, I did this in 2009, 25% of MC numbers disappeared in 2009, 25%. Now, if you don't know what MC number is, that's that number on the side of the uh, of the truck when you get your authority and you have a carrier number. So 25 percent of trucking companies dissolved, bankrupt, went out of business in 2009 because fuel got to where it is right now. Okay, so listen, I need trucks. I've got I, I can't get enough trucks right now. So I'm just waiting for you guys to not understand how to buy fuel. Now, I understand how to get fuel mileage out of your truck. And then you guys with all these big ass truck payments are going to have to go home. And then all these truck prices are going to come crashing down and we can find our trucks again for a reasonable amount of money. So that's what this is all about. And you're completely distracted by this fuel cost. It is, it, there's no reason that you cannot operate if you choose to have the correct business model in this market. Now, you can't do it with a $922 lease payment. Can't do it. I agree. You're in trouble. But you made that decision, but now you guys want Landstar to step in and do something about it when they've already got this benefit of fuel surcharge to help you get through it. But now we want them to, to lower their commission to 70% so that BC, listen, nobody owes you shit 
Okay. You made up your mind to buy that truck. You made up your mind to go into business. And now because you made up your mind, you want everybody else to give you a guarantee. You want the brokers to get a better rate. You want the shippers to pay a better rate. You want fuel companies to, to lower their price. Listen, let me, let me give an analogy. You go into a restaurant, order a steak. All right. They come back out halfway through the steak and go, you know what? Our prices went up. We're going to have to raise the price. That's it. You're going to have to pay double for this steak. Well, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say, F you, I'm leaving. Well, that's what they're going to say. Okay. Just because your cost of your steak went up. Okay. That's not anybody's fault, but yours. Your customer sure as hell didn't give a damn about it. Okay. And neither does Landstar and neither does the government and neither does anybody else. Do find a business plan that works in this environment and use it. You know, it was crazy when I came here in 2014, it was a little bit of wild, wild west with fuel surcharge. I mean, Landstar didn't watch it like they do now, like they started to in the last few years. And, you know, I'd have an agent be like, man, I'll, I'll put 75 cents fuel surcharge. I'm like, well, hell yeah. You know, and then Landstar started cracking down on it. Um, but it's just, it, it's, it's just a benefit. It's, it's not, if you had your own authority, you would not be talking about fuel surcharge. You would say, I'll do it for X number of dollars. That's it. And they would send you a rate confirmation. And, and, and if you're a BCO, you occasionally get to see a broker's rate confirmation. A, an agent will send it to you. And it says a number. That's it. That, that doesn't, there's no breakdown. There's no stop pay and loading pay. None of that crap. It's just a number. It's $2,500. There you go. Uh, Landstar breaks that out and gives us the benefit of that because with our, our direct customers that do have contract freight, it is what it is. And, of course, then BCOs don't understand that, and they start screaming at an agent, well, I want more fuel. Hey, buddy, I can't give you more fuel. I have a contract that says the rate is this, the fuel surcharge is that. And then if there's a already what, – what's that one uh, – is it John – I know John Deere does it, but there's another one I can't think of. Their fuel surcharge sucks. It's like 16 cents a mile, and that's it. That's all you get. <clears throat> well, you, know, you don't get anything more. Government freight is notoriously low mm -hmm. in, uh, in fuel surcharge. You don't mean the government <clears throat> rip somebody off, do you? <laughs> nah, nah. Um, so here's, a, here, here's another thing I want to bring up. Um, oh, shit, I just completely lost my, my train of thought. Um, oh, about rates. You know, BCOs think that you're, I, I'm not, let me just give an example. Okay. I'm not taking any freight, pick a number under $5 a mile. If, 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 if it's not $5 a mile, I'm not going to haul it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then if somebody else hauls it, they get on Facebook and go, y'all, if y'all quit hauling this cheap freight, the price will go up. That is exactly backwards of what's going to happen. Okay. Let me give you an example. Every day I see on Facebook where, where can I find insurance is cheap? Where can I find a, 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 this part that's cheap? Where can I find? You all only want to buy stuff that's cheap, okay? But when it comes to paying you, you only want to get paid above top dollar. That's not how things work, okay? You can sit there and demand whatever you want, but there's going to be somebody haul that freight. And there's going to be somebody that has a business model that allows them to haul that freight and still make money. I had somebody challenge me on Facebook today about the pandemic. 
I said, dude, not only did we, no one went home at Blue Ribbon during the pandemic. No one. Okay. Better than that, we added a truck or two during the pandemic. All right. We made a profit during the pandemic. So you, you can't have a business model that allows you to work in, 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 uh, in rate structures that, that are not what you think is, is, uh, is good freight. I mean, it's great if you can get that, but believe it or not, most people don't have to have $5 a mile to make a profit. Now I'm, uh, but yeah, but I'm not hauling that stuff. Well, that's fine. That's your choice. Just like it was your choice to buy their truck that you, that, that doesn't allow you or afford you the opportunity to haul that freight. Or you have an attitude of, um, Mm, I'll leave that alone where it's not going, it, it doesn't suit you to haul freight under a certain thing. Again, that's your choice. All these things are choices, but here's the problem. I totally, I totally support your decision to have that, to, to have that choice. What I don't support is for you to try to bully it on everybody else and, 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 and make them, you know, um, make them look bad because they don't agree with, your opinion about that. You know, there are lots of people out here that are hauling freight for two and three dollars a mile and making really, really, really good money. It's mm-hmm. because they don't have a high cost structure, you know? And so that to, to say that they're hauling cheap freight and ruining the market, that's just bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, explain that to them. I've never had anybody could could describe to me what that word those two words mean, cheap freight. I I, I don't know what that means. You know? It's it it just for it doesn't exist. What, if it if it's cheap freight, then nobody will haul it. But if somebody hauls it, it's not cheap freight. They chose to do it. Nobody here has a gun to their head. You know, if I see a load, if I see a load on the on the load board that's only paying, I don't know, two two fifty a mile. Maybe it's because it gets me where I need to be. Maybe it gets me home. Maybe it gets me to a load I've got that's paying six dollars a mile. That that doesn't. If that freight weren't on the board. What would I do? Just deadhead? Is that what you do? Just deadhead? You know, because a lot of people are deadhead rather than, they'd rather make no money than make some money. I, I, you know, there are a lot of crazy ideas out here. You know, I'm, listen, I'm entertained every day by watching people's opinions on Facebook. You know, it's surprising to me that all these people are in business for themselves. A lot of them don't realize it. Worse, the worst about though is that most of them breed. That's what scares the hell out of me. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I, I just went digging through, and it took me a minute, but I found it. I found this load I did in May of 2014. So I had been at Landstar about I don't know month and a half. The line haul was 185 dollars. There was 547.50 loading and unloading times two. So 547.50, 547.50, and the fuel surcharge was 307.74. So it was $1,586 all in for 673 miles. It was a load that I found because I'd, it was a Memorial Day weekend, and I went to Volvo down in Dublin and got there, and surprise, surprise, I didn't have an empty. And uh, utilization sent me to Winchester, and I got a trailer, and I'd had a load canceled. It was this nightmare weekend. And I didn't realize I was, you know, big problem solver anyway. So <clears throat> I found this load. And when the guy told me how it was going to be billed, I instantly freaked out because I'd heard all these horror stories. And he's like, listen, I'm, just trust me. This is the way it is. And it paid that way. 
but I had a thou- more than a thousand dollars, almost eleven hundred dollars in loading and unloading, and a hundred and eighty-five dollars in line haul. So ninety percent of that load went straight through the truck, and only hundred and eighty-five dollars was subject to the percentage. So why would I complain about that? Like, <clears throat> I think it was natural to be skeptical, you know, of the guy telling me that. And, of course, I'm in a pinch, and he's got me by the balls because I had to get something to do. But, you know, that's the stuff we used to get away with, and we can't anymore. But when I'm doing – what what do I have? I've got one guy next week. I'm pretty sure built on almost $10,000 in like three days. And it's like three less than 400 mile loads. Um, And it's just 25, 20, almost eight grand in three days. And probably for, I don't know, 1200 miles with a deadhead or something. But I don't, why in the world are these people saying, oh, the freight's not keeping up with, what planet are you living on? I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's ludicrous. What what they what's really going to freak them out is when the rates do fall. Oh, okay, and and the fuel doesn't fall either. That's going to really freak them out. Okay, because um, they think that this fuel is keeping them from operating now. What what? There's people that's ne- they have never been in this business when the rates were normal. You know. A lot of the, because the rates have been above normal now since 2018. All right. This is now going in 2022. So there's a whole lot of people that in lease purchase right now that never have seen normal rates. Boy, are they going to be shocked, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, what's this about the Mexican, the border? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I guess y'all agree with opening the border and allowing Mexican trucks to haul our freight. Imagine what that would do to our market market. Y'all or something. Listen, okay. Number one, I don't use personal possessive pronouns to, to describe things that I don't own or possess. Cause I'm not a communist. So our freight is nonsense. Um, and it, you, I'm really going to hurt your feelings. I should be able to cross that Mexican border 75 miles an hour without cracking the throttle. <laughs> um, I hate borders with a passion. You can do uh, that. You, can, I know where you can do that. <laughs> I mean, well, number one, what the hell does this have anything to do with what we've been talking about? Um, Mexican trucks have been coming up here for a long time. Uh, hell, I, I, I talked to some Mexican drivers in New Jersey one day. They had Mexican plates and Mexican stuff on the side, and we had a nice conversation. Why are Canadian drivers allowed to come in here, but Mexican drivers can't? Don't even get me started. Anyway get away from that rabbit hole well i i I agree that everybody has should have the same opportunity to the freight as everybody else okay so if 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 their business model allows them to haul freight and your business model doesn't why does that make them wrong understand that you're in the service industry okay you're you're in business to serve a customer all right the customer could give a rat's ass what kind of truck that shows up they could really be a rat's ass what nationality it is that shows up. All right. The, the, when you start to understand that this is not about you, it's about serving a customer, you'll understand better about why it's important to stay in business. <clears throat> Again, nobody owes you anything because you bought a truck. That, that's the thing that I find the most frustrating about this industry. 
I bought a truck. In any, under, in any other industry, I opened up a McDonald's and threw open the door, and I, by God, I, de, I deserve to, to get this, get that, get that. No, you don't. You only get what you can attract. You know, your service, your price, your product, that's all you're entitled to. Not anybody guaranteeing you that because you open a store, you're going to be in, in uh, uh, have a profit. Um, if you, if you're, if you're in a situation where Mexican drivers are, are keeping you from being profitable, that's not their fault. That's your fault. I, I was talking with, with Ish today. He's one of our mentoring clients. And I said, the beautiful thing about being in business is that my customer doesn't care my nationality. They don't care my sex, race, gender, um, where I was born. None of that stuff matters to them. They only care if I show up when I say I'm going to show up. Now, it, it's fortunate. They also don't give a shit if I'm vaccinated. That's the beautiful thing about it, you know? Um, they also don't care if my kids are sick. They don't care if I'm sick. They don't care if I don't feel good. They don't care if I'm having a bad day. They don't care. They don't care. They only care about the, 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 what you can do for them. And that's how it should be. Um, but this, this <clears throat> mixing in emotion and business is a recipe for disaster. And so I don't, you know, why am I going to care about stuff that they don't care about? Um, they don't care what kind of truck you drive. They don't care if it's shiny that, you know, but somebody will point out, oh, I've got this one cut. Yeah, but you'll find one customer somewhere that goes, man, I like your big, shiny Peterbilt. Whatever. Nobody else gives a rat's ass, like he says. All they can see is the inside of your trailer. Now, if the inside of your trailer looks like a bunch of homeless meth heads uh, live in it, that you have a problem. Um, well, and they, and they really don't care about that shiny trailer because the next person that comes by there and hauls that freight and does a better job or does a better job for a lower cost, they're going to tell you to take that shiny trailer and leave my lot. Okay. And if you go in there with attitude, <clears throat> reserve remember. your, reserve your attitude, your nasty attitude for the TA. That's who <laughs> deserves it. Oh man. Don't start there. <laughs> we'll be here all night. <laughs> We, we got another uh, story to add to our long list of TA frustrations. Listen, I can tell it in two minutes, okay? ELD quits working in Richie's truck. Just shuts off. Well, I know that the power for the ELD comes from the diagnostic port. I said, Richie, do you have a test light? He does. He had one. didn't work. And I said, well, okay, you're on restart. You're at a TA. Let's just go in there. I need somebody that knows how to use a voltmeter and a test light to just test the circuit. That tells that gives me the piece of information I need to know. Is it the truck? Is it the ELD? Which one is it? So he gets in line and oh look here. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. you keep uh, going. I'll, I'll take on. that one. Okay. You hang on. I he just hold on, brother. <laughs> After he's been in line for I don't know, six or seven hours, they say, Oh, we can't look at that. No, and, no. They say we don't do ELDs. Oh yeah, we don't. We don't do ELDs. Now, now he didn't ask for an ELD. He's got a circuit that's that's not working. The ELD happens to be connected to that circuit. 
I don't know what he asked him, right? But he tells me that he texts Well, it's a, it's a good chance they didn't understand him anyway. You know who this is, right? Right, it's Richie. Florida boy. Okay. Right. So I call, and uh, the guy answers, and, and I said, uh, I said, are you the manager? He said, no, the manager's left. I said, what's the manager's name? He says, Randy. I said, okay. And I said, well, I, I want to know if you will uh, – I, I can't stop looking at Richie's comments. I got to stop. Um, I've got to block Richie. <laughs> I said, I need you to explain why you're refusing to look at my truck. And he goes, well, uh, our tech says that we can't look at that. And I said, you can't use a voltmeter. Well, no, we can't do that. You got to take it to the dealer. And that's what our tech says. And I said, well, your tech's a moron. And he's lazy. That's just probably the problem. And he goes, well, I don't appreciate your attitude. <laughs> Um, and, and he says, well, I'm not the one that refused. I said, put him on the phone. So he gets him on the phone. And I said, uh, I said, why won't you look at this truck? Well, uh, th this, uh, that's a dealer item. I said, don't have nothing to do with the dealer. I need somebody other than Richie that has a voltmeter and a test light to tell me if the circuit works. He goes, we're not qualified to do that. And I said, you can't use a fucking test light. Are you serious? Take your truck to the dealer, sir. Click. So I called the TNN out. And I, of course, I'm, I'm blood pressure like 350 over, you know. And the guy answered the phone. I said, now listen, understand I'm, I'm hot right now. But do you have a guy in your shop that knows how to use a test light? And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, if I bring you a truck, will your guy check this fuse for me? He goes, well, yeah. It'll be a couple hours, but yeah. Now, he's my hero. And so when I finally do get a hold of the corporate people, I'm going to sing the praises of, I think it's James and Isaiah at the TA in Antioch before I burn these fools at the TA in Nashville at the stake. That's, it's inexcusable that these morons can get away with this, especially after Larry was set on his knees begging in front of the TA booth at BCO days. Why do you run off business? Why do you refuse to do even the little things? You just nah, I can't do it. I ain't gonna do it. So anyway, I, I just I, I can't I can't take them. I, they they make my blood boil. It's not just TAs. We had a similar situation with the loves not too long ago. That guy ain't gonna and, be able to sit down for a while. And I had to go through all the corporate channels, and you know, and I I I guarantee you that. Um, Justin in um, Jackson, Georgia. Is that where it was? Mm -hmm. That's um, it. I, I guarantee you, if you went in there asking if he remembers working on a truck that belongs to Blue Ribbon, he probably still remembers that. If he's even there, I'm not sure if he's even there yet. Because his district manager knew him by name, and he assured me that this would be addressed. And we got the work done on them at a different loves, you know. So, but here's the problem. Why should, why do you have to go? You know, I, I was in West Virginia last weekend. I told Chris, I said, look, I'm not in the mood to get, I don't want to get mad this weekend. Okay. Don't give me anything I have to deal with. And make, I'm just not in the mood. But listen, you, you, that's a luxury that I'm not very often able to, to, to maintain because when you've got 12 trucks are out running around the country every day, we deal with some dipshit. Okay. That, that that thinks that just like a lot of a lot of truck drivers do, 
that I'm entitled to this job and I don't have to give you, you know, dude, I'm the one that pays your salary. Okay. If, if not for us customers, we don't need you. And I sat for 45 minutes on my knees praying at the, at the altar of TA literally. And I, and I expressed that over and over and over again. And I could see the people back there just, they, the last thing I wanted me to do was say another word. And I just could, I could not help my, keep myself from doing it. I was going to inflict as much torture on them when, in, while, while they were in a, a, in a, in a situation where they had to take it. Okay. And, um, but the bottom line is that, look, we're all in the business of serving customers. That's what business is. Business is you solve a person's problem for a profit. Listen, we only never fuss about what they charge. We fuss about whether or not they'll do the work, you know, or do the work correctly. So anyway, we're kind of getting sidetracked here, but, uh, um, well, but there's this, this comment, it's a sad world when you expect incompetence before integrity, every Hallelujah. person that comes into this program, we say you must lower your expectations of your fellow man because you want to, and we're, we're pretty much programmed in this, in this country, in the education system and, and, and media to trust the experts, Trust the people that are certified. Look, they've got a diploma right there on the wall that says, I'm one of those. You can't. You literally can't go and say, oh, well, this guy, he's got a toolbox, got his name on his shirt. He's got ASE, you know, that don't mean anything on the side of his thing. It's meaningless until they prove to me that, one, they have the willingness, because that's the difference between Carl and everybody else. It's the willingness to do it. Oh, oh, I told him all about Carl. (laughs) You know, Carl doesn't have that certificate on the wall. You know that he doesn't have, if you go find Carl and you look for it, he doesn't have that, but he fixes everybody else's work that, that they can't fix. And when he was working at TA, he couldn't get anything done because he had to go help everybody else in the shop do their job. Yeah. Well, guess what? Carl isn't there anymore. We got Carl, okay? So, uh, by the way, Clyde, I'm going to steal that line from you. I hope you don't mind. I probably won't remember to give you credit, but I love it. I'm, gonna, I'm stealing that from you. Um, stop. If you're coming to the Trump show, stop by and see us, and I'll um, I'll buy you a hot dog or something, okay? So, that one, of- and, and the other one I got from that guy that said, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Put, put wax paper on the seat to keep your candy ash from sticking to it. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I found out later that Dale Earnhardt had a had a similar one about yeah. putting kerosene wrapped uh, kerosene soaked uh, rags around your ankles, so keep the, <laughs> so the keep ants the, don't crawl up in. Yeah, crawl and up eat, in your candy and ass. Your candy ass. <laughs> oh goodness! So, but speaking of the truck show, we want to give you a couple of uh, things here. We're going to be there Friday. Chris and I. Well, my whole my whole fleet's going to be there. Okay, we never ever get together in one place at the same time. This is the one time of year we haven't been able to do this in three years. Oh, by the way, let me go back. Don't let me forget where I am, Chris. I want to go back about Clyde's thing. It's a sad world when you expect incompetence for integrity. And the pandemic has given everybody the excuse mm. for incompetence. Okay? I'm going to oh, tell you right now. Do not do business with restaurants that don't know if they're dining rooms. Okay? Tell them fuck off. All right? You know, they're using that as an excuse to give yeah. poor service. I am so, you, Walmart's got 24 checkout lanes. 
two of them are open. Okay. But it's the pen. All this started because, because we were forced to accept incompetence because it was a national security thing. Well, that's over with now. Okay, now nobody even remembers the the uh, the pandemic. We're worried about, you know, Ukraine. Okay, so it's time to get it's time to go back to work. It's time to get back to normal. It's time to have the restaurants open. It's to, it's time to have everything back the way it is supposed to be. Now, getting back to what I was going to talk about, truck show, uh, biggest truck show in, in America, one half me a million and a half square feet under roof, March twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. We will be there on the Friday and Saturday. We're going to spend Friday back in the West Wing around Pittsburgh Power, MD Alignment, Fast, all those uh, vendors that we whose products we endorse. We're going to be in that area. OPS is now owned by Pittsburgh Power. They've asked me to be in their booth. We, I will be there that day. Um, you know, they love the story of 1.8 million mile Mercedes engine. Nobody can believe that. So I have to be there and give live testimony. You know, mm-hmm. I swear on a Bible that everything I'm telling is truth. Nothing but truth will help me, you know, Bruce. So, um, you know, and then on Saturday, we're going to hang out, hang out the Landstar booth, which is in the North Hall. So if you want to come by and and uh, and and uh, uh, chat, you want to come by and take issue with things we said, that's that's great. You want to come by and meet us. We're, we're going to be there. Um, and since we only get together once a year. On Friday night, we were having a, uh, our company dinner, and, and uh, so we're going to recognize and and uh, and we're going it, to. It's a night for for um, for our guys to have a celebration. So, but anyway, uh, stop in and see us if you if you find us. We'll be we'll be wearing blue ribbon stuff, I'm sure, and and uh, you'll be easy to find us. But Come all right, to Pittsburgh our booth and see if Larry can get a word in edgewise with Bruce. I stay on the other side of the booth from him. Okay. He'll be listen. He'll be over there pitching catalyst. All right. I don't yeah. Know. Well, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Kevin's going to be there, right? I mean, he I'm, would have to. I'm sure he'll be there. I, I haven't heard anything official. I do know he's up at Pittsburgh Power right now doing his podcast from Bruce's office. So he's probably hanging out there until the truck show. I'm guessing. So, um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be. I'll be around there. We'll probably bump into him and uh, everybody meet at the Sirius XM booth. <laughs> or, or the ta petro booth right? yeah i'm sure that then neither one of those people are looking forward to that stop in and give them some love tell them it's from us okay so well listen i mean also we went listen we need to that's why i told this girl i said listen we need you you know we don't we we don't drive new truck we don't have to go to dealerships we hate to go to dealerships we need to come a ta petro <clears throat> and get stuff done while our drivers are on a 10-hour break we need you but you guys don't give a shit about us. That's the problem. You know, you could care less. Yep. The people who do your write-ups do everything they can to run you off. How long is it going to be? Oh, probably going to be eight or 10 hours, you know? Uh, and then you get on the, li- on the list and they call you in three. You know, everything they do is designed to make you not want to do business with them. When we, listen, when we used to go try to, uh, to go to TA to get Carl, the, the, they, would talk, they would try to talk us out of using him. Now, you know that he'll charge you by the hour and, and he'll clock on and clock out. Yeah. Yeah. But when we leave here, our shit works. Okay. Anybody else back there that does it, first of all, Carl will have to come help him do it. And then, and then, and then if, if he's not here, we got to bring it back and do it again. So, uh, you know, anyway, I forget where we're supposed to be talking about fuel tonight. Okay. 
So, um, anybody got any, uh, any, any questions about fuel? Look, um, it, 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 I teach our guys fuel mileage, fuel cost is all about decisions. Okay. You don't have to run a marathon. You don't have to be do. You don't have to know how to do pushups and sit-ups to get, all you got to do is make better decisions. All right. If it, if it, if it gets down to, if your equipment is not designed for fuel mileage, you got to make a decision. You know, we talk to people about tires. They think, you know, we, they, they think that, well, I've got these tires on here. They're brand new. I'm going to go ahead and run them till they're sort of wear out and I'll get better tires then. And I go through and explain to them, well, these tires are going to last you two or three years. Here's what it's costing you every mile to drive these tires. You know, you're going, it's going to cost you way more money to keep them than it would be just to throw them over here in a ditch right now and go get a better tire. And, and when you, when you show them the numbers, they go, well, shit, I didn't think about that. You know, and it's the same thing about your, if you've got equipment that will not give you fuel mileage, look, change the equipment, you know? If you've got a truck that 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 it's getting you six miles a gallon, then all you have to do is go change the rear end ratio. Okay, now it usually isn't worth it to do that, but right now when fuel's what it is, it might pay you to go change the gears. But if your equipment can't get fuel mileage, you got to fix the equipment. If you, the equipment is not in mechanical condition to get fuel mileage, you got to fix that. All right, after that. It's all about you, okay? You know, somebody said something earlier about speed. Speed is usually the first decision that people had to make, you know, because every mile per hour you drive over the sweet spot of that engine, it's one-tenth of a mile per gallon. Now, in a Freightliner, we, we, we spec our trucks to run 1325, 1350 at about 60, 62 miles an hour, which means when you go 72 miles an hour because it's your choice, you just lowered your fuel mileage one full mile per gallon. One full mile per gallon at 2021 prices is $20,000, a year. These prices, it's $30,000, $35,000 a year. Now, you, you, you have to decide whether it's worth it for you to drive 72 and get there and wait to get in or drive 62 and get there on time. And I know you're going to come back, yeah, but I can do more loads. That all that does, that does not factor out, okay? Listen, we, we do five loads a week. Every truck, five loads a week, okay? And we preach fuel mileage. Half our fleet is in excess of seven miles per hour. The other half is right on the board of, of the of the doorstep. And uh, our trucks are doing ten, twelve thousand dollars a week hauling general freight with swinging doors. <clears throat> and we don't have to drive 75, 75 miles an hour to do it, do we, Chris? Chris, not usually. Chris usually uh, books loads for fifty-five miles an hour, sixty maybe at the most. So right now for next week, I have one of my customers booked on 1,232 loaded miles. This is four loads from Monday to uh, pick up on the 14th and the last one delivers on Friday. Okay, so four loads. 1,232 loaded miles, 298 deadhead, $10,277.64. Works out to be seven grand to the truck, and I've still got to get him a weekend load. That'll probably be 3000 I want to address Gina B's question. Okay. Yeah. Gina, this, here's, th- here's what I'm trying to tell you. We Read don't it for the audience people, Gina with fuel at four bucks, close to it, a gallon after IFTA and Landstar discount. What rate are you guys looking for now? We're looking for the exact same rate we were looking for in 2021. 
The cost of fuel has nothing to do with the rate. That's what the fuel surcharge is for. Okay. You know, I just explained to you a while ago, we have trucks that, that last week ranged from 59 cents a mile to 79 cents a mile in fuel cost. The fuel surcharge was 62 cents. The rate didn't enter into that whatsoever. So that if, if, if you understand how to buy fuel, and it looks like you do because you've got the right filter set, set there, just find the rate that works for you. Our rate is two. We look for 2000 bucks a day. That's what we look for. Yep. Okay. 3000 on the weekend. 3000 on the weekend. We, we won't change that if fuel gets to $10 a gallon or if it goes back to $2 a gallon. That doesn't change. I take what I can get. But you know. most agents post a total on the load world rather than a breakout. Well, there you go. So the, the breakout, all it's going to do is give you more of that total at 100%, not 65%. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I just, if you didn't hear me before, there's no fuel surcharge at Landstar. Okay. That's just a, in, that's just a built in adjustment for you to be able to, to, to keep more of the total money than Landstar in situations like this where fuel goes up. Okay. So that's why you don't have to worry about this. Just pick what, whatever, whatever your business model is, set yourself up with a daily rate. Forget the mile, the, 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 the cost per mile. That's ir, ir, irrelevant. You can only drive so many miles a day in your ELD, probably 600, 650. It doesn't matter. It, you know, the, the rate doesn't matter. You can only drive that every day. Find the rate that works for you, or not the rate, but the daily um, uh, revenue that works for you. Get all you can. Don't let this fuel bother you. Now, if you've got a truck that's getting three miles a gallon, that might be a different story. But assuming you're getting six, seven miles per gallon, you shouldn't need you shouldn't even worry about it. Now, all right, let me let me address this. She she comes back, she says, but most agents post a total on the load rather than the breakout. Correct. And I don't I'm not gonna say I don't care about the breakout, but that's I don't I don't select a load based on how much the fuel surcharge is. I look for two thousand dollars a day, period. I get the most fuel I can. I get the most accessorials that I can. But if it fits, if it's within the deadhead parameter, I'm looking. If it's in and it's going the direction I want it to go and it pays $2,000, I'm going to book it. I'm going to book it. So, so, so Gina, it, it, at six and a half miles per gallon, it fuels at 450. Your fuel cost per mile is 69 cents. The fuel surcharge right now is 62 cents. Okay. So it's paying your, your fuel cost is costing you seven cents a mile more. Okay. With the, with the fuel surcharge. That's why it doesn't really matter. I'm sorry, Chris, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Well, I used to, when I first came here, cause I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I, I was picking based on rate per mile. You know, I, that's that's what I was concerned about. At the end of 2016, I had a break, and I was coming back, and I thought, okay, how am I going to do this so that I, it's just easy? I I, I I need lower stress is what I need. And that's when I came up with 1250 okay, 1250 a day. <clears throat> In January of 2017, if I booked a load, it was one day, it paid 1250 if it was two days, it paid twenty five hundred. If it was three days, it paid thirty seven fifty. I booked it. 
I did that five days a week. I figured out that two day loads didn't really help me because I could get 2,500 going one way, but I couldn't get 2,500 coming back. So I stayed off of two day loads. And that's when I started personally, one load a day, five days a week, restart at home on the weekend, 1250, 1250, 1250, 1250, 1250. Everything worked out. I did $50,000 to the truck after all the expenses in the first quarter of 2017. 2017 was a horrible market, especially the early part. Okay, then my truck blows up and I'm done. Come back to with Larry in March of 2018. And I thought, well, hell, I'm going to do the same thing. <clears throat> Except the market was hotter and I did 1500 a day. And there were times that I did 1800 a day. And I've got a good friend that's been at Landstar longer than I have. And he's got, the good God, he's got this formula and he's got to look at the load and he's got to put it all the data in. And because he, he's so concerned about what the to the truck money is. And I couldn't care less. Not when I'm trying to book the load. Now I'm booking, you know, I got a spreadsheet here that's got uh, 79 lines in it. I don't have time for that. And when I was on the road and I'm trying to book loads and drive, I don't have time. I need to know, is that load good? Can I get it? Yes, book it. And go to the next one and book it. And go to the next one and book it and be done with it. And then let it fall however it falls. So... When I'm the best advice that I can give is number one, stop driving where you want to drive. First of all, <laughs> because everywhere you want to go, the rates suck. If you're not going to Massachusetts, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, and coming out of there and going to the Southeast and the Southeast of the Midwest, back to the Southeast and back up to the Northeast, you're losing money. That's, you know what, but when we had a guy send us a thing that wanted mentoring, and he wanted to drive in like four states. I'm like, bro, I can't help you. You can't, <clears throat> you can't go and, and run the Carolinas and, and freaking Texas and expect to make any money. You're in the hottest market in freaking history. Go to Massachusetts, but figure out how to do it to where it doesn't cost as much. That's why I'm the trip planning ninja. I get you to Boston without paying much tolls. I get you back out without paying much tolls. Keep uh, Gina. Let me let me go back to you now. You're getting six and a half miles per gallon. That's that's not bad, but you you should do your best to improve that. Okay, um, you know I don't know what kind of truck you have, but find you know don't settle for um, for six and a half. Okay, you can probably do better. Um, get a scan gauge. Start teaching yourself how to drive for fuel mileage. Slow down. Quit idling. Um, so, I mean, work on your fuel mileage, number one, because listen, the difference between six and a half, seven and a half, big deal, big deal. Okay. The other thing is make sure you're buying fuel at the lowest price. I know you've got the filter set right because I can tell by your thing, but don't buy fuel when you need it because then you're just buying the cheapest fuel in your area. Plan out your fuel the same way you plan out your day. Find out what the fuel is going to be on your route. And buy it every day wherever it's the cheapest. Even if you don't need to fill up right then, top it off. I teach my guys, look, don't shop at 7-Eleven. Shop at Costco, okay? But if you drive by Costco and you get home and you forgot the bread, now you got to buy it at 7-Eleven pay triple for it. Don't drive by Costco's and leave the fuel there. And I'm just using that as an, as an example of Costco. Don't, forget that. Don't, don't go buy a, a cheap fuel spot and not, and not top off. And then when you run out, somewhere where you don't have that option again 
that, you know, this fuel cost is a combination of fuel mileage and what you pay for it. And believe me, there's a big difference in, in, in fuel price, you know, understanding the discount, understanding if not, I think you've got that down. She says but, she's got a T680, so I bet she's got nasty tires. Yeah, could be. Um, listen, you need to, uh, you need to call us and let us, we, we, we mentor. Okay. We can probably help you raise your fuel miles. We probably can help your business model. Uh, reach out to us. We'll definitely talk to you if you want to, if you want to learn, sounds like you do. So, um, we can certainly Im improve your bottom line. So your foot is good for 300 bucks a week. That's it. You know, um, you know, I can get it in any one of our trucks and so can Larry and the fuel mileage goes up. Why? Why is that? Well, I have felt the pain of fuel cost. I've paid it. And so has he. And so my foot is programmed. I have muscle memory. I know how to drive a truck to get fuel mileage. And that involves being very smooth. Uh, smooth in throttle application, smooth in brake application, smooth in shifting. I don't use cruise control. I give the truck enough throttle to keep it in motion. I don't stand on the gas. I don't run it wide open. Um, and I also don't stop a lot, left door closed, foot on the gas, mouth shut, and just go. And, um, you know, climbing a hill, you know, find the gear that the truck will climb the hill and then downshift one gear and go half throttle. It's going to add five minutes to your trip, but it's going to save you a bunch of fuel. Um, oh, you want a piece of that one? Which one? I make great money every week and don't go past Virginia, Midwest, and Southeast. You guys, business model, make y'all have to run those stairs. Well, listen, we don't have to, but here's well, what first I'm... of all, you don't know jack shit about our model, obviously. Uh, we have an incredibly low-cost operation. We go there because we like to make a profit. Lots and lots and lots and lots of profit. Well, here's the thing about, about, about trucking. Um you know, the, the rates are based on capacity versus uh, demand, okay? Uh, like every market. Uh, and so if you want to hang out where all the other trucks are, then that's the rates going to reflect that because the, there's, there's no competition for those loads, all right? If you want to, I mean, there's, I mean, there's heavy competition for the same loads. If you find out that there's places where truckers don't like to hang out, okay, that's where the rates are going to be better. So we don't choose to go to Massachusetts, but when we go up there and we get the rate that we get, uh, it, it, we, we decide that we want to do business where the money's the best. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's our business model. But here's the thing. I, I don't, it, this is a whole lot of work. I don't like to do it and not make money. So uh, the, the more money I can make, the more interested I am. And we make more money when we're in areas where the rates are higher. So, um, now it looks, you may be, you may be fine there. Fine. But understand that I have, uh, mouths to feed here. Okay. I pay my drivers over a hundred thousand dollars a year as company drivers. All right. Uh, Landstar, as you well know, takes 35% of my money and, uh, and I like to make something. So, um, I have to have a place where the rates will support everybody's expectation. And that's just what works for us. So, 
Uh, but I'm not going to criticize you if that's where you want to go. But if you're listening to this, you're listening to this to get our advice. And that's what you're getting, partner. So, um, you know, you don't have to like it. You can always turn it off, you know. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very opinionated about what we do because what we do works, you know. And uh, we've been doing this for a long time. And I've been doing it in business since 1978. So, uh, you know, know a little bit about it. You know, uh, some guy today on Facebook tried to challenge me because his words, his numbers speak for themselves. And I said, well, I'm sure mine do. And it's since 1970 uh, in, in any business, I've never had a negative P&L. So I'm pretty happy with what my numbers say. And, well, uh, here's the caveat. Okay. Like you said, we have a lot of mouths to feed. We have to pay the, the, the driver, we have to pay the truck owner, and we have to make a profit. Right. So we have to have a very high utilization. The, but the biggest reason that we do that is so that you know if you're a BCO and you have a truck, you when the time comes, when the pandemic comes, when the market crash comes, you have to know how to hustle really, really, really hard. And that's a big part of what we teach here. It's not just, look, you, you buy a, uh, uh, you buy a truck, pay cash for it, work three days a week. I don't care as long as you're saving for your maintenance. Cause that's what failed me. But as long as you're, uh, say saving for maintenance and you're paying your bills, I don't care how much you run. You want to run North Carolina intrastate doesn't matter. That's not the point. But when it comes to that, when the market demands a certain action from you in order for you to stay alive, you have to be able to know how to do that. And that's what we teach here. Go get your truck. Go run three. I don't get the Larry calls it the Landstar retirement program. Early but, retirement program. Early retirement program. But there's nobody cracking the whip on you at Landstar. Landstar doesn't care. You can come here and work one day a week and you'll never hear anything from them as long as you stay compliant. And as long as you don't leave a trailer sitting for 10 days, you'll never hear from them. But when the, when the shit hits the fan, like it did in March of 2020, and we kept running with five, five trucks running five. Yeah. We had five trucks running and you wouldn't believe the amount of hustle that we had to go through. All of us did our drivers, us, because it was survival. Well, I can't bring you into this program and run you three days a week and you learn what you need to learn. Right. So, you know, I'm not trying to be anybody's best friend. I have tasted that failure. I know what it feels like, and I don't want anybody to go through that. And so that's why I get salty, because I don't want people to go through that. And too many people come here with their head in the clouds and, and don't see the freight train coming that just wipes them out. Bankruptcy sucks. Divorce sucks. All of the negative things that comes with this, because business is risky. And I don't want anybody to go through that. So that's why we do what we do. And we didn't say that you couldn't make money around those areas. It's just we, we, the point we're making is that's where the best money is. Look, we have people that come here and they want to know how we get, we have BCOs that contact us and go, we want you to dispatch us so we can get the money that you do. And because they think that we have this secret freight, you know, that only we know about it doesn't get on the low board. It's our, you know, and when they find out that, no, it, we, we may have a, a little bit of freight that doesn't get on the low board. But most of the time we're running the low board, we're just running in areas that they don't want to run. You know, it, it's like you want us to put 12,000 bucks on your truck, but you don't want to leave Texas. Okay. 
that that's that's not going to work. We we can't. The, the only the only secret we have is that we teach you how to be efficient, both with your time and keep your costs low, raise your raise your productivity, lower your cost, and be efficient. That's all we teach. The freight ha- the the freight that we have is no different than the freight that you can get on your own. You know. So that's why we talk about that. Now, I want to talk to Nadia. Nadia, I'm going to be easy on you right here, but we do not pay our drivers 1099 because we don't believe in um, abusing our employees. Okay. Uh, Our drivers drive our trucks. Uh, They have no skin in the game. Um, They are our employees and we pay them on a W-2 like every other employee that works in the United States gets paid on. Truck drivers are the only ones that, that pimp themselves out for 1099s because they have low self-esteem and think that's the only way they can get a job. Or they just love paying 7.62% of their owner's taxes for them. Now, if you don't understand this, we have a whole podcast about this, okay? Um, I don't know the number, but you can something, something don't, about... Don't get pimped. Don't get pimped. So I explain, I explain it to you in depth. Uh, why you do not want to do that. So, um, let's see. I thought, uh, how we get on all this? We're talking about fuel. I, you know, I figured we were going to get somebody fired up. Okay. I- let, let Ken, Ken and Mary Anderson, Ken for one of the Landstar Primate Plant. We, 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 we bumped into Ken at, at BCO days. Ken's got it like he likes it. You know, yeah. he's got the freight like he likes it. He's got his truck going. He works when he wants to work. But Ken has done the hard work for and, years. And, well, and let me, let me, listen, there's an overlay here that we haven't mentioned. Okay. And this may affect Sergeant Major. Okay. Our audience, our market is advising people who want to become owner operators for the first time and buy their first truck. Okay. Keep that in mind. Ken is not a new operator buying his first truck. Okay. This is probably his third or fourth or fifth truck. I don't know, but he's been doing this for a long time. What his business model is, is different than ours because he's not at risk. What we're trying to do is to stop the 38.7% of people who come to Landstar for the first time with a new truck from failing. And the nine out of 10 who, 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 who become an owner operator for the first time and buy a truck the wrong way fail. So, Everybody here that's already in business and you've been successful and everything, we're, we're, we're not preaching to you. Now, this stuff about fuel, maybe that'll help you. But we're, 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 we direct all of our comments and all of our business model and everything about preventing people from failing because they take on too much risk when they get in this business for the first time and they go lease purchase a truck, they go finance a truck, they go buy the wrong truck. They come to Landstar, they don't know anything about booking loads and working with agents, and they fail. We're just trying to flatten that curve. That's all we're trying to do. So, anyway, probably need to say that. You know, first-time owner-operator, right? That, like you said, it's the whole thing. But why do people do it? They think they'll make more money. And what do they always say? Well, I want freedom. Freedom from what? Right? It, it's, you feel like a rat in a wheel when you're a company driver 
Nobody cares about you, which is probably true. Um, I saw something in some Facebook trucking group where, you know, the guy said, well, I was a little bit late for a delivery and they want me to sit here in this truck for four days. And all the comments were like, why were you late? You know, but he was focused on, well, they're, they want to make me sit in this truck for four days. You dealt with that. You told that story in the beginning when somebody said, you know, well, we're just going to have you sit in this truck all weekend. You're like, no, you're not. I didn't say it that nicely, though. No, you did. <clears throat> you might have had a bad attitude. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> right. Okay. But you want to have that freedom. That does come with business. That's a legitimate. There is freedom, right? There's liberty there. But it's not without responsibility. And if you've never been in business and you've never felt that stress and you've never felt that problem uh, and you've never had it all go crazy, and then what do I do? Because we see it every day with guys working for us and something happens and they're like deer in the headlights. What do I do now? Well, I, hey, that's why you're here. I've got the experience. We'll do this and this and this and this and we'll work the problem out. And they go, oh, okay, I get it. But imagine if you were just went and bought a truck and came to Landstar and you encountered that problem, what would you do without us? It would be bad. But <laughs> you have to accept that it's risky. And that I think is the big mistake. They just think, well, I'm, like you've said, I'm just going to do what I did yesterday and today I'm going to do it in my own truck. Yeah. But that's such a tiny percentage of what it takes to stay in to stay in business. That's what we're getting at, people. It's about staying in business. Ninety-five percent of first-time owner-operators fail. That's why we do this, not to gloat about all the money we make. We make a lot of money, and we're happy with that. But we're doing this to keep people in business past that two-year mark. And I have lived that nightmare. I lived it. It sucks. I don't want people to go through that. Well, in the industry, you know, people tend to do what other people do, you know, especially if they, if they think that they're successful. And I've, I've, I've told Chris a million times, I wish that trucks had a meter on the side of them so that when they're running down the road, you could see how many years it's been since they filed a tax return and how many people, <laughs> how many people they owe, you know, and, and how, how, how many truck payments there are behind because it looks successful. They've got a nice truck. Okay. Nine out of 10 first timers are going to lose that truck. It's going back as a repossession and they're going to be bankrupt. Okay. 38.7% of people who come to Landstar for the first time are gone in the first year because how many people uh, come to Landstar and buy a truck to come to Landstar? Yesterday they were a company driver. Today they're a business owner. They didn't even, they didn't even realize that they thought they just leased a truck. Nowhere did it say I'm buying a business but yet that's what they're going to have to do to stay in business is become a business owner. And that's the thing that we find when we start looking at and analyzing why people fail in this industry. It's not because they can't hit a dock or drive a truck. That's not what makes them fail. What makes them fail is not understanding how to, how to uh, keep your business model where you can work through this fuel situation. That's what keeps you in business, knowing business, not knowing how to drive a truck. So, uh, and most company drivers think that the owner operator is the way to set success. You know, um, Chris will tell you that that's, that's not necessarily 
the, the only way there, there are places you can go and make a lot of money. Look, we're, we're hiring a guy right now in our program. I say hire, it's really not the right thing. We're bringing a guy in our program that's been at Walmart, been driving for 18 years. He makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year at Walmart. Got, got it. I mean, he does the same. I mean, you look, he's home, but he, he wants, he wants the, the, the pride of ownership. Okay. He's going to come get in our program. He's not going to make any more money here than he made there. But we're going to teach him how to stay in business. He's probably a great driver, and he seems like a great guy. But he knows nothing about business, okay? So if he goes and leases a truck and just thinks that all he's going to do is be a Walmart driver tomorrow in this truck, he's going to have a huge problem. He's going to fail, you know? It's going to take a lot of his all of his 401K that to, to, to um, you know, to um, get out of that, that uh, default on that truck. Uh, if, if he does it the way everybody else does, because look, if you, if you can get in this industry easy, just go to your fleet and, and, and do a lease purchase. Yeah. They'll sign hey, you right up. Yeah. You don't have to qualify or anything. That's look, just, just hold the pen. We'll move the paper. You know, now you're going to pay triple for the truck. You're not going to have any, um, uh, flexibility on how to, uh, get that truck worked on. You're going to have to use their shop. You got to use their people. They're going to do all these escrows. You're going to be a company driver making, you're going to be a lease operator making less than you did as a company driver. And you're taking all the risk of that truck away from the fleet, and putting it on you. And all they want you to do is fail because that way they can lease that truck again. You know, you lose all your money. You're happy now to go back to be a company driver. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist kind of guy, and I believe that's how big fleets retain drivers. They give you a taste of what it's like, what they think you, it's like, and then uh, dis- discourage you from um, wanting to do it because uh, they show you that you can't make any money doing it. Um, we just have a different way. We just look, what's the hurry? Come here and work for a year and a half, you know, make $100,000. Most people who come here, that's a raise. Stay on the same lifestyle you were before. Save the money. When you get done here, let's go pay cash for a truck. Okay? And then you don't have the pressure of that. You don't have the lease purchase. You don't have the finance. You can go home for Christmas and not be two truck parents behind when you come back out. You know? That changes everything. In the meantime, for a year and a half, you wax on, wax off with us so that when you start doing it on your own, you know exactly how to do it because you've been doing it with us for, for a year and a half. So that's what we do here. Okay? This turned into a couple comments. Another right. from Gina. Did pretty good. Bought it on a lease with a buyout on 21 months. Total price 73. Could list it for 90 right now with the current mods and sell it tomorrow. Only 030 on it. Well, Gina, you need to go back and listen to episode 105 with Seth. And then you need to sell that truck and go buy you two lunatic trucks. And um, we'll make you all kinds of money. Um, I would I would sell that Kenworth so fast to make your head spin. But I I hate T680s with a passion. Um, Jillian, um, for a first-time owner-operator, it started in August of last year. Is 16k in profit pretty healthy? I had about so I'm not sure. Okay, so he says total for the whole year. So August, September, October, November, December. Um, five months. 16,000 in profit. That's what 3,000 a month. But did you pay yourself? Like there's so many questions. Like did you pay yourself a salary? If you only made 3,000 a month, then no. I mean, you should be making 
Well, hell, first, first of all, of are, are you a BCO at Landstar? Are you a uh, owner operator with your own authority? Probably need a little more information about this, but um, you made 16 is, and you, and the 15 that you spent in repairs, is that out of the 16 or is that before the 16? I'm guessing maybe, maybe he spent the 15 and he made 16. Got 16 left over. Okay. So, I mean, but I, I mean, yeah, if you made a, if like, if you paid yourself a salary and then you made 16 on top of that, but you should be making 10 grand a month. I mean, <clears> God, minimum, our profit, clear. Our, our guys make $8,000 a month and they have no risk. Okay. And they're here learning a master's program in business and in the trucking business. So I would say probably, no, that's not, you can do better. Since we've turned this into, well, go ahead, Chris. I'll, I'll, I'll so, um, caddy boy, I know that who, um, uh, I know who that is, but I can't think of his name. But anyway, is the cash price you guys still recommend 15,000? Well, it would be, but right now, you, right now it's thirty. <laughs> if if you can find one for fifteen thousand, it's got the wheels on it. You just just write him the check, right? Well, if it's um, spec, right, you know. But we're seeing, you know, what fifteen thousand was last year is now twenty five. Twenty, you know, it's just yeah. it's so inflated right now. I mean, we're seeing them, but but again, as a matter of fact, I've got. Um, if you go to uh, blueribbonlogistics.com slash truck. I've just put up a page that details finding a lunatic truck, right? And that's a Freightliner uh, 99 to 07. That's uh, Detroit. That's, you know, either, you know, 279s with a direct drive, 370 or 342s with a 10 speed, 358s with a 10 speed. Everything is there. Um, Charles Feature. I knew that. I knew it was. Um, that's who Caddy Boy is. Um, yeah. But, blueribbonlogistics.com slash truck and everything is there. Um, uh, and it, it's all detailed. You know, if you want to, uh, here's another comment from Julian. He, 16,000 was after my salary and everything. The truck is making 2,500 to 4,500 a week after all expenses, but before taxes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, doing, you're doing good. Uh, he says he's, he's leased a universal, which I guess is, he said similar to Landstar, but worse. <laughs> um similar to landstar reward <laughs> well it's like mercer you know i mean you you probably get some choice you you might have a load board you know landstar is landstar you know we're here for lots of reasons um landstar just kind of does it better than anybody else and we just got so much volume you know no 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 we're here for one reason one reason only it's the only place we can find that is the free market without having our own authority. That's right. the only reason we're here. Okay. So there's no, listen, you come to Landstar, everybody starts the same upside down and naked, just like you were born. Okay. Nobody comes out ahead. The, whatever you get here at Landstar, you did it. All right. Uh, there's no secret password. There's no secret freight. You come here, you get the same thing that we got here. And it's all up to you. So the opportunity is guaranteed. The results are not. That's the reason we're at Landstar. And the only reason, by the way. You know, when, and when it, I mean, it's not secret freight. I mean, but when you book 50, 60 loads a week, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that inputs everything for everybody, for the guys that book their own stuff. Well, you start learning over time. You see patterns, right? And, and a truck's headed to North Carolina. I'm like, you know what? I bet I could call, what's her name? Or somebody's. Oh, I, oh, yeah, she's, I bet she's got loads out. Let me give her a call. 
that's stuff that you pick up over time. But 90% of the time when I'm booking for my well, four or five guys and I'm personally dispatching, I'm just putting in the search parameters and seeing what comes up. And if I like it, I call it. If there's nothing there and I'm kind of desperate, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start calling you. Hey, do you have something coming out of here? Well, no, not yet, but we'll get tenders tomorrow. Okay, call me if you do. And I, and I snag a few that way. But that's just learning as you go and you, then you start remembering stuff. This one has that and that one has that, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not on the down low, you know, um, and we get calls every day. I mean, they, they wear my phone out cause they see the truck and they call me, but most of the time I'm booked up, um, four or five days in advance. Oh, here's a good one. Why aren't you running on your own authority? Why? <clears throat> well, I, I'll tell you why, uh, and not to be a smart ass, uh, although I'm capable of doing that. Um, <laughs> I cannot run under my own authority, even with 12 trucks and do it correctly. Um, for 35% of, uh, the revenue. Um, and I'm a damn good businessman. Okay. So 100%. I don't suggest anybody else do it because I promise you that your compliance is not what it ought to be. I promise you your uh, accounting is not what it ought to be. Um, there's just no reason to do it that way. Then on top of that, now you've got to start paying for, for load board subscriptions and you got to start dealing with brokers and you got to be a very good negotiator, which I am, but most people aren't. And then on top of that, you've either got to factor or you've got to be able to, to stay in 90 days without getting paid. Now, I can do that. But why? But why? But why? What, what is the advantage? What do I get by having my own authority? Oh, well, I don't have to deal with Landstar and their silly-ass policies like Sitting Duck. I make that decision because I can't. Listen, when my guys go through a scale house, I don't worry about them coming out of there wearing bracelets. Okay. And the truck being, you know, hauled off because I know the compliance is done perfectly. I know that the things that everybody who like, who drives trucks don't like, like ELDs and the regulations, all that kind of stuff. I know that they're being done perfectly. You know, I have a lot of people whose mouths depend on me and I don't have to worry about me making a mistake and, and dotting an I wrong and crossing a T wrong on some compliance form and they shut the fleet down. <clears throat> These, these guys who go through this 18-month first entrance audit, the majority of them fail. Because here's the reason why. You could be a one-truck, one-driver operation, but you have to comply with all the rules and regulations, the same level of quality as Swift and Schneider do. And they have entire departments that, that do that work. So, And if you're driving down a road and you're hauling freight, and you've got a compliance thing due, you're going to, you're going to pull over to the side and stop hauling freight and do that? Or are you going to let it go and haul the freight and catch up to it later and forget about it? No, thanks. I, I don't, I, there's no, there's no benefit to me, you know, to do that. Um, I know everybody thinks that Landstar takes your money, but if you, we have a very, very popular video about that and it will explain to you why we have, we, we willingly, we gladly give Landstar 35% of them. And I'm doing that tongue in cheek. 
mm-hmm. because here's the thing about that. We couldn't get, we can't give them something that's not ours. All right. It was never our money to begin with. They give us 65% of their money. Of uh, the customer's money. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and, you know, kind of the other big thing is we teach people how to be BCOs. Can't do that if we ever an authority. Right. And the other thing I'm going to add to this is, I've been in this position that I'm in now for a couple of years in the, you know, in the teacher, trainer, mentor position. Okay. And I've met enough BCOs. I've been one. Okay. And I've met enough BCOs and I've seen enough people come through this program that most people can't do it. And I, I mean, he, I have watched him do accounting. He could do it. If anybody on this planet could do it and be successful at it and dot all those T's and cross all those I's, it would be him, right? But when I see the level of inattention to detail that most people have, they can't even keep up with the stuff that Landstar wants them to do. And Landstar emails it to you and say, hey, do this by today. And then they don't, and they get put on hold. I would do, all right, now you got to do this. And then they don't do it on time. Like it can't be any easier than it is to stay compliant here. It's really super, super, super easy. And people still can't stay compliant because they can't seem to manage to log on to Landstar freaking online and see what their compliance dates are. (laughs) You'll never make it as an independent that way. Are there people who are independents, have their own truck and their own trailer, and they're out there killing it and making it? Yes, there absolutely are. They are the exception, not the rule. And we're all about managing risk. That's that's a huge part of what we're doing here. And I'm just saying, in the year 2022, with the way things are and how people are, there's too much risk in trying to run your own authority for for pennies. I mean, we're talking if it's if it's more valuable than being leased, you're talking about pennies, not dollars. It's <clears throat> such such a tiny, 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 tiny advantage that you may even think that you I, I i could not i could not in good conscience recommend someone to get their own authority right now and, and let me go back to restate what i said earlier we're i i don't run a fleet of truck drivers we we you're not going to retire here you come here and you spend a year and a half and then we you know we pat you on the on the tummy and and help you find a truck and help you move along and and become your own bco so it we 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 we're here to teach people how to become BCOs. That's what we do. All right. So having your own authority, first of all, would eliminate that because I couldn't do it. And, and number two, I, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. The opportunity here at Landstar is so good. You can come here as a BCO and make 150, 200 grand easy. Why do Clear. you need to have your own authority? You know, and 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 it, it's just another element of risk that you don't need. And we're already here trying to minimize risk. So it, it's just not a, it, 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 I, look, if I was running a fleet of 15 trucks and I was looking for, for drivers that are going to retire here, I don't know, it might be different, but we're not in that situation and I'm not interested. And don't even get me started about the factoring thing. Cause you know, and every, you guys are all broke anyway. Can you imagine giving up the factoring? You know, you, you, you beat an agent up over a quarter mile, then you turn over and bend over and hand the Vaseline to some factoring company and you give them all the money that you just tried to beat up out of an agent. <sighs> not interested, guys. Just it's an eye for me. Good luck with you. I praise God. I hope you all that doing it are are uh, are highly successful. But um, I'm, I'm good. I'm stay where I am. 
I mean, I've, I've worked, I worked for a small company of like 25 trucks, their own authority. They had their, they even started their own little brokerage and they're still there today. They're still, they're still making money. They still got drivers, but they don't pay their drivers near what we do. You know, I, and I work for them and they're, they're a good, um, upstanding, good people, but I made half there what I'd make here half so um you know they, they it's it's hard it's it, this is hard that is an extra level of hard that i don't see you know it would be one thing if i legitimately could make 25 percent more or something but you can't it's not a 25 percent more it's pennies and i'm not working that damn hard for pennies it's hard enough as it is now I I do I you know I I do favor Landstar over releasing to just a carrier uh because again the freedom here I mean you know I we wouldn't it wouldn't work here if we couldn't if we couldn't book our own loads if we had to use a dispatcher this would not work um so that's the that's the big big difference between here and anywhere else you know uh is because we have the um Landstar you know, they allow us to do things the way we want to do it. Just they like they allow every 11,800 BCOs here. You know, some of them do one load a week. Some of them do five loads a week. Both of those are fine in the eyes of Lancer. They could care less. Okay. So all you, all you have to do is stay compliant and don't keep the trailer more than 10 days. And they're thrilled to death with whatever you do. So we have the latitude to run our program here and do what we do. And we're teaching people how to come here and be uh, BCOs. So um, it's just, um, you know, it, it just, I, 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 I see the word freedom and, and that's part of it, but it's just, they allow, uh, we have the level playing field here that allows us to compete. It allows us to do what we do in the marketplace without restrictions. And, you know, I compare it on a bigger mar a bigger scale to the free market to, you know, to uh, the free enterprise capitalism. I mean, look here, you get paid exactly what you're worth. And, some people don't like that, you know, some people want to get paid more than they're worth, you know, and they get upset because somebody at Landstar is making more money than they are. They're getting better customers than they are. And they want Landstar to, to go, wait a minute, you should make everybody have be able to do that. And they don't. And that's why I'm at Landstar, because once we start doing that, then I'm not interested anymore because now it's not free enterprise anymore. Now it's socialism. And um, I don't want that either. I saw a Facebook comment yesterday said, man, some of these agents are rude. I said, poor, if you think agents are rude, you ought to meet some BCOs. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, back to fuel. Uh, don't be, listen, this is manageable. It's, it, 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 it's, if it puts you out of business, you, you weren't really in business to begin with. At seven miles per gallon, the difference between $4 and $5 a mile, uh, per gallon is $0.13 cents per mile. If $0.13 cents is going to put you out of business, you've got a whole lot bigger problems than fuel. Yeah. Well, fuel's got their attention. You know, they, they, it, it, and look, I, I, I hate to say this, but look, the, the, talking about the price of trucks, price of trucks is going to come down. Cause there's a whole lot of people that don't understand business. They're, 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 they're going to let this fuel thing, they're going to blame it on the fuel thing, but that's just was the obvious symptom. Uh, they had much more underlying problems than that. This is, this is just accelerating the process, but they're going to be a whole lot of trucks for sale here. Pretty soon. Listen, we've been saying this now for, for We started the podcast, what, two years ago, Chris, 
you know, and, oh, and, I, and, and I said, just wait till fuel goes up. Just wait till fuel gets $5 a gallon. Okay. Just wait, just wait till rates come back down. Just wait. Okay. Then the lunatics are going to be look like normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ha- have I not said that for how long, you know, well, here we are, here we are. The fuel is going to hit $5 a gallon. I hope it hits 10. And now look at everybody, you know, jumping off well, the ship, like rats off of a sinking ship, you know? And, and let's, let's, uh, Let's remember that in all of these solutions that we've talked about here, not one time did we mention driving circles around the Capitol building. No, no, you know, and, uh, and, and you're not, let me give you here. Let me show you something here. When you bought a truck, here's what you were entitled to. Here's a whole list of what you're entitled to. Okay. Nothing. All right. Why do you why do you want to go ask the government to fix your problems for you? First of all, why should you ask them to fix your problems? You're the one that bought the truck. Okay. Look, there there's let's just say there's four or five hundred trucks up there, okay? There's three point one more million of them not up there. All right. I could care less what they what they do up there doesn't affect me a, a bit. I don't need them to speak for me. They don't speak for me, okay? I don't criticize them for what they're doing, but they're wasting a whole lot of good energy and they're going to get stuck up there and can't get home because now they haven't got any money to pay for this fuel to get them back home. So we're going to have to start a, a, a GoFundMe page to get them all those turds back to where they came from. GoFundMe will steal all the money. <laughs> yeah. They didn't cancel. Yeah. Oh, the government will cancel it. You're not allowed to have truck. Truck drivers can't have GoFundMe. So here's another comment. So big Chris, I only deal with direct customer freight at Landstar simplified my load selection process tremendously that's certainly an option it's not an option that i endorse um which i couldn't with with 10 trucks you know uh there's not enough direct customer freight i get it where i can and i and i i want to serve those agents i want to make sure that they keep that business um but if you go to the board right now on a sunday I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to go to Landstar One. I'm going to go to the board. I'm going to reset. I'm going to pick vans, right? And there's 56,409 loads on the board right now. And if I take direct shipper out, I am going to drop. uh, Nope, I did something wrong. (laughs) Did it backwards. I did backwards. Because select direct shipper and all the 3PL. 7,000. From 54,000 to 7,000. Okay. Look, I make lots of calls every day. Okay. Are some agents frustrating? Yes. Some of them are hard to understand because of their accent. True. Okay. Some of them lived in Ukraine, by the way. Yeah. Some of them. And I think some of them are still there. Um, if they can get me a freight bill, I'm good. And look, I have direct stuff cancel just as much as I have indirect stuff cancel. And I, I have agents that I love that are direct customer. Uh, well, we got hosed last with Richie. Richie, I think it was Richie. Got, I mean, hosed by a direct customer load last week. What are you going to do about it? We get hosed yeah. by one direct customer every time we book one of them. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't want to say what they are, but they rhyme with JBX, you know. So uh, you can listen. You can keep that direct customer freight. Look, we have three. Look, we listen. Direct freight is is good in that, and I know what you're talking about. When you're dealing with agents on the load board, the direct freight eliminates a lot of that. Let me go call the customer bullshit. I get that. All right, but understand something. If you just had direct freight, you're going to have to split those 7,000 loads between 11,800 BCOs, okay? Somebody's going to end up not having anything. And, and if you develop the right relationships, Chris can call some 3PL agents right now, and they'll get him a load. Mm -hmm. So, it's you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The direct freight's great, but the 3PL freight, is it, we couldn't, you couldn't exist without it. Because what, how are you going to get between those direct customer loads? Go deadhead? That makes a lot of sense. How about just again, if you, it's all about the. We, listen, we have we have as good a relationships with some three PO agents as we do with direct agents. Am I am, and is that correct, Chris? Oh, wait a minute, say that again. We have excellent relationships as good as with three PO agents as we do with some direct agents. One hundred percent. And and listen, there's some of them that are go getters. You know, sometimes a little. <laughs> They're, they're a little rambunctious, um, but they're, they're getting paid for every load they book. And so the more loads they book, the more money they make. And I, I mean, I'm all for that. Um, there's a few of them that I'm on a first name basis with. And I know that I can call Chuck or Sam or, you know, that there's obviously not their real names, but, you know, uh, they get me freight, you know, and, and you have to you have to get the pers personal attack out of it, okay? And a, a third party agent, they're only as good as the information they get, right? So if the broker's not giving them the best, best information, it's not their fault, okay? Now it can be their fault if they're not paying attention, but you know, I, that's the thing. That's why we talk so much about problem solving, whether it's direct freight or indirect freight. When the load cancels, when you get a truck order not used, what you going to do now? That's all that matters. How are you going to get to the next day? That's the difference. It doesn't matter if it's direct freight or not direct freight. The problem has come. Now, how are you going to fix it? That's what we do. <clears throat> I fix it. And I'm pretty good at fixing it. Well, and, and Rodney hit the nail on the head. It, uh, it's in, in, in Landstar and in business, it's all about the relationship. You know, you hear this term all the time. It's gotten to be just like, uh, I don't know, like water, build relationships. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it, it's just like we, it's a word that doesn't mean anything anymore. But, but listen, at Landstar or, or in business in general, the difference between your success or your failure a lot of times is that relationship. You know, there's many, many, many times when um, if it weren't for a relationship, we'd have we'd have had to take in a whole different route, you know, and uh, it's um, it, and it just pays you back. It, it, it's look when when I was um, well, I won't go in there, but it, it believe me, the, the effort it takes to establish a good working relationship will pay you dividends down the road. You'll forget about how much work you did uh, to, to develop that relationship. But can you start getting all the benefits from it? And, uh, and listen, we've got some really, really good agents that we work with. And they're not all direct freight. As a matter of fact, I'd say most of them are not direct freight. But uh, listen, all they want just, listen, they're in business just like you are to make money, okay? They, you know, 
they have BCOs that they would rather not work with. They've got BCOs they won't work with. They just want their freight hauled, their customer taken care of. Do what you say you're going to do. Show up on time. Don't be wearing flip flops on the on the on the uh, on the dock. Act like you got you know. Act like you 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 know you're a professional. That's all they want. Okay. So it you know I love these BCOs that all they want is bad mouth the agent. You know it's it you know it's like. It's like, you know, here, here's the thing, get, wear their hat one day, go, go try to get yourself a direct customer and see how much work it is to find it. Even the ones that sit in their apartment with their pajamas on and cut and paste, that still takes time. Okay. So if you didn't have that, you'd have to get, you would have to uh, subscribe to all these load boards and you'd be doing the same thing. You'd have to call all of them. You'd have to get the load brought over to Landstar through your favorite agent. What do you? You know, why why do you criticize people? They're just trying to do a job, you know. And the people that don't understand that freight, why is that on load board eight times? They don't understand that to fix that, you would eliminate the 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 fix would be far worse than the problem, you know. Yeah, because well, I, we have I, we'd have seven thousand loads right now instead of fifty four thousand if we fix that problem. Was that last week or week before? I booked a Wisconsin to Ohio. And I think it was a Monday pickup. Yeah. It's a Monday pickup. And on Friday, they called the driver and said the load had canceled. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I go to load board when there's that load. And I almost, same load, same pickup city, same destination. And I thought, you know what? What the hell? I, one of the codes I knew that had it posted. And I thought, what, what the hell? Why not? And I called her. I said, hey, I'm calling about this Wisconsin, Ohio. She's like, yeah, hang on a minute. And I was on hold forever. She comes back. She goes, yeah, it's available for 2600 I said, really? She said, yeah. And I said, well, I had it booked for 2850 And the agent just called me and said it canceled. And she's like, well, it's here for 2600 And I said, well, it picks up today, delivers tomorrow. It's more than 2000 Let's book it. So I can only assume what happened. Okay. A couple of different ways this went down. One, the broker decided they didn't want to pay the twenty-eight fifty, or somebody agreed to the twenty-eight fifty, and somebody above them said, "No, we're not paying twenty-eight fifty. And they called the agent, and the agent either a assumed that if they called me and said they wanted a two hundred fifty dollars rate reduction, that I was going to tear their head off, or b on some kind of principle, they said, "Well, I'm not cutting the rate. Screw you," and gave the load back. One of those two things happened, or somewhere in the middle. But it still went on our trailer. It still got delivered. It still paid $600 above our daily rate. I was happy. The driver was happy. The agent was happy. So who cares? I don't need to know why that happened. But it did. We got the money in our pocket and the load's delivered. So, I, But to get somebody, well, somebody should stop that from happening. How? How are you going to stop that from happening? How are you going to stop that from happening without it causing an even bigger problem for you later? I booked the load, whatever, I, you know, it was 250 bucks. So I moved on, you know, and now I might, if I have one cancel like that and I see it pop up back on the board for $200 less, I might go call on it and try to book it. Well, the thing is, we we just don't let 
the load board, you know, I mean, control our life, you know, I mean, people, people expect the load board to be an absolute, you know, and it's not, it's absolutely not, you know, um, a, foreg- a foregone conclusion. It's simply a classified ad. That's all there is to it. These BCOs, they lose their mind because they call and the load's no longer there and you didn't take it off the load board. Well, hell, nobody knew it was taken. It was not, it, it was, it was gone because it was on another person's load board. And until we called and asked about it, we didn't even know. Yeah, but even then they wouldn't take it down. Well, good, just move on, okay? You're losing money worrying about that. Then go ahead and find you another load. You know, it's just why why concentrate all of your all this effort and emotion on something that doesn't really matter. There's uh, how many loads are on the board, Chris? Fifty some thousand on a Sunday night. <laughs> Fifty four thousand. <laughs> find another one, okay? Yeah, you don't need find one. another one. How many do you need? Listen, we got twelve trucks. We need fifty or seventy five a week, okay? You need one. Find one. Quit whining all the damn time, okay? <clears throat> Landstar needs to fix it. Landstar, they 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 shouldn't allow this to go on. Well, here's the thing: agents are independent businessmen, just like BCOs, okay? And just like Landstar doesn't make you run your business like I run mine. Landstar is not going to make one agent do their business like another agent does. All right. So they don't fire BCOs for being independent and doing things they want to do. They're not going to fire the agent because they do things independently. Want to do. If the two of you don't get along, go somewhere else. Okay. There's 1,399 more of them. And then there's 55,000 other loads. Just go get another one. All right. And spend your effort doing that instead of whining about the one that you couldn't control. And stop looking for loads on the day that you need them. There you go. There you go. That's how you end up in that mess. Because occasionally I end up in that mess, and it it makes my blood boil that when something cancels and I'm and I'm trying to, I'm trying to look for a load today. Oh my God, what a nightmare! Uh, because now I have to sort through. Okay, well, yep, that load's been on the board for 17 days. Not caught on that one. Um, and but that's when I start reaching out, you know, and I'll call Chuck or I'll call Honey. And say, hey, listen, I'm in, I'm in a bind. Can you, can you find me something? And they'll search around and they'll find me something, you know, or not. And there's been occasions where we've just had a deadhead, um, because shit happens. And look, if we spent all of our time bitching about the agents and the lows, we wouldn't have time to bitch about TA. Come on, <laughs> I mean, you guy, get your priorities straight. I mean, what right. the hell is wrong with you? You know. Well. <clears throat> we've gone almost two hours. Have we, well, have I, we done enough image for one? Well, I need not, but I need to do a, I need to do a commercial. Okay. So we are getting, um, a lot of people interested in us managing their trucks in our fleet. Uh, it's, it, you know, again, we didn't really see this coming. We stuck our toe in the water a year ago, a little yeah. more than a year ago. And it is, um, I mean, there's not a week that goes by. We don't get one or two people who want us to manage their truck. Now, some of them we just turned down because of the kind of truck it is. But we're getting people that are going out and buying trucks for us to operate. And they're buying lunatic trucks, you know, Mm -hmm. or they're buying trucks that are manageable in a lunatic style. So, uh, and we're we're usually um, got way more applicants than we do trucks. Um, You know, we're we're getting to where we are, you know, we, we're going to have trucks here that we don't have 
you know, quality applicants for. So if you thought about this program or you know someone who, who this program would be good for, um, you know, stop them from doing the lease purchase and making the big mistake. Stop them from going paying $100,000 and financing a new truck. You know, um, have them reach out to us because we're going to have two or three empty trucks here in the next month that we need to see. And it takes, you know how long it takes to get on Landstar? You know, it's a six-week process. So if we started tomorrow, you know, we need them. So um, if you, um, you know, if you're interested, if you if you thought about this, um, now's the time to reach out to us. Obviously, you got to qualify for Landstar. And beyond that, you just got to be, you know, uh, willing to listen and want to learn and and willing to, to do, to, to work hard, you know. Um, but what's that, uh, what's that special forces thing you have to go through? Uh, maybe it's to be a ranger. Crucible, the crucible. That's that's the Marines' final test. The crucible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it's like trying to get qualified through Landstar. Except we don't shoot at you. Okay. So. Well, we might want to. Um, we shoot at somebody. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know. Um, you know. Uh, look, I'm the drill instructor. You know. And I'm not, I'm not concerned about your feelings. I'm concerned about you not failing. I'm concerned about you not going bankrupt. I'm concerned about you not getting divorced and losing your family because you did this the wrong way. And lots of people do it the wrong way. So, um, you know, Larry's the den mother and, and he can. Den mother. He can, he can kiss your wounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, after I've hurt your feelings. Um, but we're here to provide an opportunity that is unmatched. I mean, you, you know, you, you get to come here and see it all without the risk, you know, of, of bankruptcy. And, you know, I, I wish, hell, I'd just be happy if Larry could take over orientation. You know, at least I think we could save we could drop that 38% down maybe one or two points if Larry did orientation. Um, You're talking about Landstar's orientation. Landstar's orientation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that's going to that's happen. <laughs> uh, you know, but anyway. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's very, <clears throat> it's very um, satisfying to see the effect that you can have. I mean, listen, there's, a, there's an, an excellent opportunity I mean, this business is, is, is unbelievably profitable if you do it the right way. And, and, the, and the gratification from, you know, from doing some, building something yourself and, and owning your own thing and controlling your own destiny, there's nothing like it, you know, and uh, we're just trying, it just, it, it really makes us feel good to be able to, to provide a few people the opportunity to do this where they will not fail. You know, I'm not saying people don't come here and wash out. They do. But if you really want to do this and you'll find out by coming here, cause we're going to accelerate that a hundred times. Um, and, and, uh, but if you come here and do what we do, you, you won't fail. I mean, the only way you fail here is quit, you know, and, uh, but you gotta be willing to listen. You gotta be willing to work hard. Uh, we're going to, we're going to teach you how to do everything at a high level. You may choose to do it at a lower level when you get on your own. That's up to you. You'll at least know how to do it. 
And, um, it's, um, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to, you know, you guys all probably have the chops to come over here and drive for Landstar. You know, all that is, is just experience. What you probably don't have though, is the skill sets to understand the business aspect of it. You know, we'd say, look, it's the decision to get in business is easy. The decision to stay in business, much, much different story. And, uh, you don't decide whether to stay in business or not. Your business does. And uh, if you don't know how to take care of that, you don't know how to do that, like this fuel crisis that we're in, you're not going to make it, okay? There's going to be a whole lot of people here that are not going to get through this fuel thing, unfortunately, but that's just business, okay? And um, if you want to come here and learn at a fast pace with a great company, um, and, um, you know, it's I look forward to March 25th because we haven't been able to do this in three years because of this stupid pandemic. But that's one night a year I get to look out across the room and see all the people who's, you know, who, who we've touched and, and all the, all the future millionaires that are sitting in this room in one place. And since we haven't done it in three years, we're going to have a lot of people that didn't get a chance to do that, come back and be with us. So it makes us, it makes me really, really feel good to, to be able to see all the people whose lives we've touched, you know. And, uh, it's, um, it's, it's the reason that I'm, listen, I'm 68 years old. I don't, I don't need to be doing this. I do it because I love what, what's, um, this guy's turned into. And I love what we're doing for people who want to, uh, hang their hat uh, on our rack, you know? And, um, if there, if this interests you in the least, uh, go to blue ribbon logistics.com. There is a, uh, form there. You can just submit and we'll reach out to you and set up a zoom interview. Um, <sighs> We're going to challenge you a little bit, even in that interview. So if you get your feelings hurt pretty easy, just understand we only have a few opportunities. We have to make sure we're choosing the right person. It's not for everybody. I'll tell you this right now. If you think you're going to come here and make a bunch of money and just screw off, you're sadly mistaken. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I see William Haynes is on here. William Haynes is a, is a, is a, is a up and coming star, a stud. Okay. So, uh, if you have any questions about how this is, Mr. Fuel Mileage. He'll let you know. Yes. So uh, let me hit a couple comments here. So Craig says, if a driver comes on with y'all, does it take a month to get in with Landstar? Like if you were hiring on with them. Exactly uh, the same process. Qualification wise. You know, yeah, yeah. if if we were interviewing you right now and we said, Craig, we want you to come drive for us. It's March 13th. We wouldn't have you in probably before um, May 1st. 1st of May. Know, yeah. Because... Now you can work right up to the end, you know, within a few days of your orientation. Um, but, um, you know, it, it takes every bit of four to six weeks just to get through the qualification process. It's just, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Um, we, we call it the gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, and it's not us. It's just, that's just the process that Landstar goes through. Uh, they're very, um, uh, what's the word? Um, Linear, linear. Thank you. You know, and the more places you work, the longer it takes, because a lot of this time is taken up, honestly, by waiting on former employers to respond and verify. So they got to allow them 10 days. So there's 10 days right there that there's nothing can go on. And and then so, there, you know, it's sometimes we can do it in four weeks, but usually it's four to six, you know. Um, but like you say, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to quit your job till like the last few days. And then you go to Lance orientation and you come spend three days with us. And, um, but 
Uh, any more questions on there, Chris? We need. Yeah, to... uh, Gina was asking about: Is there room to park at, at Mid America Truck and Trailer? Is it impossible unless you make prior arrangements? I've never gone, but thinking about riding myself over there for it, if I can park, you can park there. Now, once you get parked, you're not leaving until it's over. If you're if you're bringing a trailer in, they're going to make you park in the truck lot, and that's going to be like a, the the tightest truck stop you've ever been into. Okay, and once you get in there, then you just can't get out. Now they'll all leave on Sunday night or Monday morning, but but listen, that's a community. TA literally sets up showers over there for free. There's music at night. I mean, it's not like you know it it it, it there's stuff to do. But if you're going to bring a trailer, you're going to be in that lot. You know, now if you want to go drop your trailer somewhere in Bobtail Land, you can park in the regular parking and you, you can get out anytime you want to. Uh, but, uh, there, but there is parking there. And I, so it's I, like Woodstock for trucks. It's like, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, well, it could be. Probably though. without the drugs. Well, I was going to say that, but I don't know about that. I mean, it could very well be. I've never been over that park, okay? I typically don't hang out in truck stops, and I certainly didn't want to hang out over there. So, It probably, because uh, we've got a bunch of people that are wanting to come and, and bring their trucks, and I'm trying to think about how to load them through there because with all the people that are coming in, everybody's going to be delivering in Louisville, and then everybody's going to want to pick up in Louisville, and so there's just not going to be enough freight. So. You know, what I you would, might what you might consider doing is get a load somewhere in nearby that that's got an airport, and then just fly in and leave your truck somewhere else. The yeah. airport is directly across the street from the truck show, <clears throat> so um, might consider that too. But but there is listen, there's truck parking. Now seventy thousand people typically attend this, so like you said, you think you're going to wake up on Monday morning and get a load out? I don't think that's going to happen. So get rid of the <clears> deadhead. <throat> William says they have 30 acres for truck parking. There you go. So, Well, come see us. We'll be at Pittsburgh Power, and uh, we'll be at uh, the Landstar booth. So um, we probably won't have another one of these till then. We may do one from the truck show if it works out. Um, but uh, if not, we'll see you. You know, We've got a couple of mentoring clients that we'd like to interview. We may try to get them on here and talk about our mentoring program um, and then maybe do some, Hey, maybe we can broadcast live from the TA booth when I tear their asses up. <laughs> um, we just do that on like, they're going to have to right now. Wait till I get a hold of them. They're going to have security waiting on us when we get there. So, well, listen, you guys that are BCOs, if you want some help, you know, we're, we do have, uh, you know, coaching and mentoring and different plans, you know? And so, uh, again, we're very limited on that. We do have a, I think, two or three slots open that we could take somebody in. But if you want to learn how to do that, do it the lunatic way, we're happy to teach you obviously. So yeah. anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you at the truck show. Okay. See you next time. Thanks. Good night.